Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. I'm Simone de Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack. That's not true. I'm an inventor, a <gasps> baker, and a chocolate maker. No! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's what we call foreshadowing in the yeah, games. That's yes. what they call a subtle throw forward, not a throwback, <laughs> a throw forward um, to our delicious booster. <laughs> um, to Christina's not on the show this week. She's taken the week off, but never fear. Brianna and I are here to, wow, Willy Wonka has really infected me. I mean, come on, you are, you're She Wonka. I mean, you know, you're you you you're the closest thing that the video game industry has to Willy Wonka. Oh, that's like, so cruel. <laughs> no, it's, it's awesome. How is that cruel? Willy Wonka is awesome. Like, come on. You would 100% like sit in your factory and like invent stuff. It's like, oh, I'm playing like Dark Souls and I'm floating to the ceiling in joy. Charles, I, come please on. tweet this. Yes. <laughs> the game industry's Willy Wonka. Um, you are. You are. Thank uh, you. So, as far as Christina, I just want to let the audience know uh, she could not be here this week. Apple TV is putting out a, uh, a documentary on 90 supermodels. And obviously that is her focus and she could not be here. Mm-hmm, Very mm-hmm. important. She stuff. is reflecting on uh, what Linda Evangelista does. I, <laughs> I don't, we'll, we'll be talking about that on a later show. She's yes, going to yes, name yes. me the names. Kate Moss. That's a name I know. All right. But we have a very exciting show for you this week. Uh, we are going to be talking about, a rocket rule topic, Woo. threads. Uh, you might be saying, but you talked about threads for a long time last week. Well, you know what? News keeps happening. We're going to talk about threads again. We're also going to return to a, a previous uh, feature of this show, talking about where the bored apes are now, how they're <gasps> doing, how Yuga Labs is doing, how ApeCoin is doing. Um, the tone of my voice should be some indicator of how It's going real good, doing. right? It's going great, I hear. Yeah. I- <laughs> They're going to buy a real yacht. Um, Then for dessert today, we're going to be discussing the trailer for Ridley Scott's Napoleon movie and a piece by Luke Winky on Slate about whether or not Napoleon was hot. Our boosties uh, are subscribers who get an ad-free show and a bonus segment every week. You are going to hear us talk about the trailer for Willy Wonka, (gasps) Timmy Chalamet's Willy Wonka movie. Uh, which also came out recently and has been popping up on social in like little clips that every time I see one has just changed the course of my day in ways that will illuminate in that bonus segment. And if you want to find out how, hey, how can I listen to that? Go to relay.fm slash membership and learn how you can support our show directly. Uh, you can also choose to support other relay shows directly and you get cool extra things for that. I like this. The, you have options. You know, if you're into Wonka, you can watch the classic Wonka. If you're into Twonka, you know, Twink Wonka, <gasps> you can watch that. And if you're into Shonka, which is Simone, you can just listen to Rocket. So there's a whole yeah, range exactly. of, of uh, Wonka properties for Diversity you. Diversity in Wonka offerings. Wafferings. Wonka offerings? 
<laughs> Shanka's killing me. Um, another update, a, 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 a housekeeping update. Listeners of our show, longtime listeners, listeners of our show might know that I usually end the show by talking about, we talk about what we're doing this week, and then we go around and say all of our social links, and then I tell you that you can review the show, et cetera, et cetera. I am no longer going to be uh, going around and having everyone say their social links, because it takes a really long time, um, except in instances when we get a new account. It doesn't really change, but what I will tell you is that I have reorganized our show notes, so now you can find everyone's, like, Twitter, Blue Sky, uh, where their videos are found, uh, Mastodon, Threads, in those social notes, it's no longer just the – I think previously I just had the Mastodon and Blue Sky links in there. But now all of the social links are in there. Um, if there's a new a new hotness that is actually permanent, we'll talk about it on the show and we'll say our usernames and you can follow us there. But I do encourage you to follow all of us on uh, social media. Um, I think I think we make posts that are good. Oh, and also the official Rocket uh, Twitter and uh, Mastodon and the, the Relay um, Mastodon accounts are in there and i thought that i thought that i had the rocket uh mastodon itself but apparently i've accidentally deleted it so this has been a really valuable interlude for me to talk through uh shanka's not gonna follow the rules anymore most podcasts end on this shanka does her own thing so shanka's mixing it up and yeah. having a new more chaotic end of the show where, <laughs> where you're left on your own devices will you fall into a vat and become a giant blueberry that explodes will you run upon slave labor accidentally who knows it could be anything <laughs> all right let's get into the show so shortly after last week's episode we got rocket ruled because we talked a lot about the launch of meta's threads platform uh how brianna is excited for it in terms of like posting in an environment which is not uh, immediately toxic and is perhaps more brand safe um i'm interested in it because it's attached to my instagram we're all kind of like okay they're doing the thing uh it was very exciting um and then twitter threatened to sue it almost immediately after our episode went out which is very exciting even more exciting because no one loves frivolous tech lawsuits more than we do and as far as i understand it this likely will not impact me personally in any way so i can get to talk about it frivolously however i am open to suffering a set down and a like sad realization of truth if i'm wrong about this like somehow being bad for me personally and or the world but anyway threads obviously had a meteoric sign up rate when it launched uh hitting some tens of millions of users almost instantly uh basically thanks to its integration with instagram and how Suddenly you were seeing everyone post about it, and it was quite easy to get in there with your Instagram account. Uh, Twitter's lawyer Alex Spiro has said, though, in a letter to Mark Zuckerberg that Twitter is considering legal action because allegedly <gasps> Meta hired ex-Twitter employees who Spiro claims had access to trade secrets and confidential information. Meta spokesperson Andy Stone said in a Threads post, No one on the Threads engineering team is a former Twitter employee. That's just not a thing. And that, <laughs> that's my summary of what is going on here. There, There's some salt. There's some salt in the air, Brianna. There is. There is. You know what this is like, Simone? This would be like if Shanka 
came into like charge of, of, of the rocket podcast and you just went crazy and fired Christina and I, and then like we started another podcast down the street <laughs> that had like, you know, culture every single week and talking about movies and like dessert and fun topics. And then you're sitting over here fuming going, Oh, how could they betray me? <laughs> even, though I fi- even though I fired everyone, uh, it's time to sue. And it's like, you know, maybe this is kind of your own fault. Like, if you fire people, they don't just disappear. They go on and do new things. So, like, yeah. like you kind of have yourself to blame here, buddy. And I feel like, so for me, like, okay, the, the statement that there's nobody who worked at Twitter on the Threads team. And also, I think the Verge piece that I read on this, uh, they talked to another Meta employee who was like, or no, they talked to a current Twitter employee who was like, yeah, I don't think any of the people who left here are working with Threads. And uh, so that, that that feels pretty definitive to me. But more importantly, I feel like the existence of platforms like Blue Sky and I think to a lesser extent Mastodon that do very similar things to Twitter already. And like Blue Sky, as we talked about, it it is much like threads, virtually indistinguishable from, or visually rather, not completely visually indistinguishable from Twitter, but the functionality of it is super similar. The like iconography of the the retweet, the heart, the comment, it's incredibly, incredibly similar. And the existence of platforms like that to me completely negate whatever complaint Musk and Twitter have about threads because it's doing something that's been done before if they want to argue, I guess, hey, you're taking our trade secrets, I we get into this weird territory where it's like, well, then you kind of have to take on like Blue Sky and these other Twitter clones. And then we get into <laughs> FTC monopoly territory, frankly. So, yay. Right, right. Fun for me. <laughs> so one of the things is, uh, so if you have, let's say, Simone's magical formula for everlasting gobstopper. And right? I do. You have several options when it comes to, like, protecting that idea. So one of them is you could go out and get a patent on your everlasting uh, Shanka gobstopper. Uh, and that would uh, basically give the formula to the United States government and you could protect it forever. Uh, for a set term, rather. The other way to do that is to basically make it a trade secret, right? And the thing with the trade secret is you can do your best to keep it secret, right? Yeah. And it'll last forever. But if someone else, like, reverse engineers it or comes up with something close to it on their own, right, uh, it's fair game. Right. So uh, I think the real question here is that 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 legal bar for it to be uh, ruled like a trade secret here. It's really, really hard to imagine what that would be. I mean, so some algorithmic like ranking stuff. Obviously, Meta has been doing really advanced research on that for for years on engagement. Right. It's not like Mm -hmm. uh, especially considering this is like an offshoot of Instagram. Right. Uh, I would be very surprised if it was all new technology there. Um, So, uh, you know, you have to assume they're not copying the Twitter code base. Right. Um, And would you even want to? Right. (laughs) Considering the condition that we know that's in. Right. So if you're talking about like trade secrets here, 
it really strains credulity to think about what that could be. I mean, as we know from the video game industry, you can't patent like a, a gameplay idea and you can't like, um, you, can't, you can't have a monopoly on a Twitter-like experience, right? Like there's mm-hmm. Blue Sky out there, there's uh, Mastodon, there, there are all these different things here. So like when it comes to the legal basis of this lawsuit, even the most generous interpretation where you don't go to the most obvious thing that this is a, a childish billionaire having a, a, a breakdown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, what what is there to really go to here? Um, and I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that's what kind of makes me feel like this is more of a, a gesture than an actual threat. Because like you pointed out, I, I genuinely don't think there's anything here. And if there was, it would affect a lot more than just threads. This feels like... Twitter seeing you know one of its main competitors although it honestly it's I think disingenuous to even say that they are completely that they are equal competitors considering the chokehold that Facebook has over so much of the internet far far more than Twitter especially like in places like India for example um so uh, to call them competitors feels wrong because Facebook is so much larger um but it, it feels like them seeing, you know, a, a large, uh, uh, what's the word, an enemy, like stepping into that space and needing to react. I don't think they're actually going to file a lawsuit or anything. I think it's just like Twitter and to another extent Musk going, no, it's <laughs> my thing that I, I invented the, the timeline with the little words and the reposting other people's posts. That's me. How dare you? Don't do it, Zuckerberg. Don't do it. I'll fight you in a cage match, please. And then he posted that freaking picture of him shirtless and everyone's thirsting over Mark Zuckerberg. And I'm like, what? Let's, I don't want that. I don't yeah. want to see that on, and I yeah. have to see that on Twitter. On yeah. Elon Musk's Twitter, I have to see a shirtless Mark Zuckerberg. Leave me alone. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, uh, you know, maybe Al-Qaeda has a point. <laughs> you know, so. Charles, don't tweet that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I never thought that, like, Christina being gone would be what would, like, set us really into uh, done territory here. No, that's, that means broke. Um uh, would like make us go off the rails, but well, there you have you know, it. I really blame uh, Keffels. Uh, her community server is uh, Keffels Catboy Ranch, and she invited me to be a mod. So oh, I think that's been poisoned, uh, internet poisoned. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the children are breaking me, unfortunately. Gosh. The Catboy Ranch. Yeah, so returning to your earlier point, do you think do you think any legal action is actually going to come of this or is this just like a ceremonial uh fist-waving gesture at Meta? Oh, I definitely do. I think you what do? is going to happen here is uh my favorite man-child Elon Musk, I think he sits here in his office and is having a poopy day and uh he has lawyers around that want a whole bunch of money and he pouts and some lawyers go, "Yeah, we can adjudicate that and give him a, a legal strike. Strategy, and then it just disappears. Like there, it's and in the their lawyers are like, yeah, we'll be billed for our hours. Yeah, are you yeah, kidding I'll me? I'll totally sue them. Right, it adds up the drama and all of that. Do I think there's a successful lawsuit here? Um, uh, really, really unclear. Um, I mean, think about this. If it really is a trade secret, um, what is the process for like putting that in a lawsuit? 
right? Like you're going to have to show it to the judge behind closed doors, Mm -hmm. like what the trade secret supposedly is. Um, I would imagine that gets to be a very expensive thing to adjudicate uh, super, super quickly. Um, I think the the other thing here is um, if you're going to go after, uh, uh, you know, threads for hiring a bunch of uh, former Twitter people, you know, from my understanding of contract law, Generally speaking, when you end up firing somebody, uh, your non-compete clauses just disappear, right? Mm. Like that's, you can't, that's not a fair thing to do to bring someone on to hire them and then fire them and then they can't work in the space. Obviously, it's something to be abused. Work for for layoffs or are you using fire specifically there? I, I think it's for both of them, okay. at least as I understand it from lawyers I've read on this uh, this subject. So, um, yeah, I think those contracts are, are probably not enforceable in the same way if they even apply here. Um, you know, also notable is, you know, it's, it's not unknown in the tech industry how you hire people that have worked at other companies mm-hmm. and have them come on to a team and then don't uh, divulge trade secrets. Right. Uh, You have them work on other areas of, uh, you know, tech policy or, you know, engineering implementation. You you can certainly work around that. And think about this for a company as large as Meta is. This isn't the first time they've done this. Right. You have lawyers on board it. You have questions like, is this going to violate it? And they're going to be very conscious keeping people away from this. So I have very little doubt in my mind that uh, they have been proactive in hiring these people uh, to basically uh, shield themselves from this kind of lawsuit. Yeah, for sure. Um, And to just return briefly to an earlier point you made, like they don't need Twitter's algorithm. They've right. literally for freaking two decades been perfecting and perfecting. I hate it, but algorithms on Facebook and Instagram, like that's not something that they need to take from Twitter. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I know because I experience it every single day. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I, my my final thought on this is that um, obviously we've seen like a huge amount of layoffs in the tech industry over the last year. Where it seems we haven't seen a drop in business is lawyers. <laughs> so right. maybe consider that as a, a career path. Being a lawyer in tech may reap dividends. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy. But choosing a VPN that you trust is equally as important. There are tons of VPN providers out there, but there is a reason that I use ExpressVPN and why they are sponsoring us today. They're really good. Here's why. For one thing, ExpressVPN doesn't log your activity online. Lots of VPNs may make money by selling your data to advertisers. Let everyone else do that. ExpressVPN doesn't do this. They even developed a technology trusted server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all, just like my brain. (laughs) Number two, speed. ExpressVPN now uses Lightway, which is a new VPN protocol that they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. Because sometimes VPNs can slow your connection. There's, you know, there's a lot of servers connecting. You're all over the globe. It's bouncing back and forth. But ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and users stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. The last thing that sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. You don't need any technical skills to get set up. You just fire up that app, tap a single button to connect, 
And that is it. It genuinely is that easy to use. I had poked around with a couple other VPNs, um, especially like free VPNs before I started using ExpressVPN a few years ago. Um, and it was a confusing process for me. And I was like, is it worth it? Um, yeah, it's worth it. You want to protect your privacy online. Uh, I mean, especially, God, these days that trackers built into everything. Um, protect your privacy online. And hey, if you're traveling to Italy, you can get HBO. HBO. Somebody reminded me the other day they don't got HBO in Italy. You can't. The Italians can't watch White Lotus. And it's literally <laughs> about them. So like. Oh my God, get ExpressVPN. CNET, The Verge, Business Insider, and many other tech journals rate ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust to go to expressvpn.com slash rocket today and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash rocket Visit expressvpn.com slash rocket to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. You know what else is not in many countries that have, like, F1, their own F1 broadcasting deals? F1 TV, hmm. which is what I used to watch Formula One, and it has a bunch of the gold races on it. I should have mentioned that in the ad read. Maybe I'll is remember it, it for Is it good one. this season? F1 TV? No. Yeah. Well, F1 no. as a sport? No. Yeah. No. Okay. No, it's pretty bad. That's sad. But like it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you watch it, it does if you want to watch. <laughs> if you love F1, it doesn't matter. You have to watch it anyway. Actually, I I shouldn't slander it. Last week's race was really really good. Um but you know what's really really bad? Uh NFT prices. <laughs> That's what we call it, a professional segue. It is. Yes. And one thing about professional segues that we always adhere to on this show, traditionally, when you do a really good segue, you have to stop immediately and talk about how good it was, thereby undoing any of the benefits (laughs) from having a really good segue. No, 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 no. It's, Simone, when you, uh, how can I put this? You know, sometimes it's like when watch car restoration videos, it, yeah. it doesn't help to just watch someone like, uh, you know, like uh, chop off a piece of a, a Evo body quarter panel, right? Mm. And then weld it on. I need for them to explain like, hey, I'm going through with a sawtooth comb here and spacing between this at one millimeter so that when I weld this, I get really good adhesion. We're trying to teach our listeners. We're trying to explain yes, to them yes. as we're going. This is about education from Shanka, right? We're not just dancing. Yeah. For you, like a monkey, we're making you a better person. Yeah. Not only do you hear vibrant discussion on the latest news in tech, you also learn how to correctly segue between topics <laughs> on a podcast. And that's valuable information for everyone, especially in this day and age. In the world of bored apes, which we used to talk about incessantly in 2022, things are not looking good. Uh, Decrypt.co reports ApeCoin has lost 93% of its market cap since April 2022. And apes themselves, bored apes, have plummeted in price. So an ape like Justin Bieber's, which used to be valued at $1.3 million in 2022, is now worth $60,000 which is still a large amount. However, there's a big difference. Okay, but for a piece of a piece of digital art, I think it's a large amount. But compared to 1.3 million dollars, it's still overvalued in my opinion. But yes. 
uh, Board Ape Yacht Club, that being said, is still reportedly one of the top-priced NFT collections. But I don't think it speaks terribly well of the space when, like, the biggest, one of the biggest collections that you have and organizations that was, you know, doing so many live events and looking so uh, vibrant in 2022 has, again, like, lost 93% of its market cap um, and is trading way below its its peak value. Um, I believe Decrypt.co mentioned in their write-up they were two cents away from hitting a an, a new all-time low uh, either last week or this week, which is just, like, it's not surprising, but it is, you know, it's also not disappointing. It just is. <laughs> it is what they deserve. I mean, you know, one of the things I think is really notable is even with this massive decrease, uh, you know, the Bored Apes are one of the uh, very largest success stories on OpenSea that you can go Mm. purchase right now. Uh, And that has absolutely plummeted in value. So I think if you go and look at the rest of these NFT products, uh, you know, I think it's uh, historically been proven out. This was a terrible investment. It was a terrible idea. And, uh, you know, it's not like these things were created uh, for free. I mean, something we talked about quite a bit on Rocket was the uh, the, the gas uh, surcharges. Mm. Uh, you know, basically when you mint an NFT, you have to pay the gas fees for Ethereum uh, to basically mint these things. And there are a lot of um, artists that got duped into uh, participating in this, uh, being told it was going to be a revenue stream for them. Uh, I think it's very clear that in the aggregate, most of them lost money. Also, uh, worth noting, is you know this board ape thing from the very beginning, uh, not free of price manipulation, right? Mm. Um, it, it, there was reporting that very similar to um, there's been pushing the vintage video game industry to uh, say push the value of uh, games like uh, Super Mario uh, 64, uh, you know, inbox unopened uh, versions of this up and up and up and up and up in value. And it turns out that someone that has the entire supply of it, uh, buying a version of that, hoping it's going to set a new price. And then, uh, that is going to rick a, you know, like basically go through the entire industry and, uh, set a new price point so they can make money. I have no doubt that something like that is happening with, uh, board apes as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless you actually think like Snoop Dogg is going out there and people are buying this for like, what was it? $1.1 million. Uh, you know, there's it, it just top to bottom. This entire space is it's just unwise to participate in. And that's why I welcome the SEC uh, being more involved with it. Yeah. And you had like I think we didn't cover this when it happened. But in December, some of the celebrity spokespeople that were involved filing lawsuits like Paris Hilton, for example, um, who famously went on Fallon and talked about her board ape and his board ape and neither of them sounded very interested at all it almost sounded as if they were participating in some kind of financial transactional agreement um <laughs> talking about the art that they've invested in and it looks so cool look it has my hair oh my god um they uh, uh paris Hilton was the one i believe uh was involved uh one of the celebrity spokespeople involved in a lawsuit for like just the misrepresentation of i think the financial uh sort of uh return on being involved in this kind of in this kind of thing which is not surprising to me at all uh because it's just it it so seemed like 
it, I don't know. It, it was so clear from the outside that it was a bubble that was ready to burst and that there were all of these flaws in in how it would maintain value as well as you pointed out like how it would continue to be created um okay bieber madonna and paris hilton were among the investors that filed that class action lawsuit thank you i've double checked my work um so yeah it 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 is not surprising to me to see it fall i think what is maybe more surprising is that it is that that world is still trucking along like you said they're one of the top collections on OpenSea. um and I know of a few other uh, like NFT adjacent and specifically like AI art projects that are still like getting funding and hiring and everything like that, which I guess when it's connected to AI, because that is very different and like an actual an industry that I believe has legs, whether or not uh, you like it and will continue. I, I think AI art probably has maybe more of a, a firm firm ground to stand on but that still involves minting and everything and like that industry is not going away um so i yeah i don't know i don't know what do you think the next like scam is going to be i mean one of the things that really uh feels notable to me is how uh you know several jack's projects uh jack dorsey's projects are trying to push this uh microtransaction uh basically vision of uh in a, not in a, nfts necessarily but cryptocurrency right mm. so uh you know, one of the use cases they have for it is basically paying journalists right so i click on the link i read something if you sense uh through cryptocurrency uh, goes over to uh basically process that right um do you think that I, I, and I have no doubt that's going to fail, just to be really quick, uh, clear about that. But do you think this kind of uh, scam mentality with all of this is going to continue? Or do you think uh, this is dead? I mean, it's. I think anyone with any sense uh, is not investing in this space right now. Yeah, I, I do think that... The people, there have always been people involved in NFTs who genuinely believe in the, in NFTs as both a business concept and an art form. Yeah. I, I think that there's and, and a people, political form. A yeah. Political and, and a political form. form. Like yeah. there are a bunch of people who came in, including these like celebrity spokespeople who are like, oh my God, it's suddenly a, a million dollars from seemingly nothing. That's crazy. Let's get in there. There are people who genuinely are like, this is, this could change things for artists. This like has value outside of, you know, at, outside of it being a trend and being used by all these scammers. I, I think that those people are still there and are maybe exploring ways that that space can develop. I personally don't care because I don't see the value in it. Um, I I think if we are going to see new um, new hotness scams, it would be around AI. Um, and obviously we're seeing like minor, like per, like individual levels of that when it comes to the people like trying to use ai to write short stories to submit to clark's world and like gets open submissions shut down for that uh, legendary sci-fi magazine because people think i could make a lot of money writing uh checks notes short stories sci-fi short stories and that'll oh that yeah and that's how i'll become a millionaire okay that being said the uh, the logic behind that is poor however i do think that 
within AI is where we would where where we will see the next um big bandwagon um scam trend. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I I think the integration with the NFTs, I think that's really the trick. But I it's I think more than anything, this is a political philosophy with these people. I think you know I'm not always leftist that loves to uh, make a critique of capitalism the the center point of my politics. But I think that there is a sense um, in the venture capital class that, you know, um, this extraction model from like blowing tech companies up to be unicorns and then, Mm. you know, exiting, I think that clearly that that trend is slowed, right? Um, So I think there's a real um, sense of where's the puck going to go to next. I think if you look at uh, like Mark Andreessen, this came out with the uh, the supposed boxing match that may happen between Mm. uh, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. There were some comments that he was uh, making uh, in a meta board meeting along with Peter Thiel that came out last night of him being like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Come on, this is how humans have like resolved of their differences since time immemorial. And by the way, go homeschool your kids to get away from uh, the trans indoctrination, right? Like, yeah. you know, like a lot of yikes going on uh, there. Uh, so, you know, it, it's almost like these people, they're always, they base their identity on like thinking about what's going to be next, right? Uh, yeah. So I think there's always going to be this really big push to, uh, to continue down this cryptocurrency path, right? I don't think they're going to be able to admit that they're wrong. So I have no doubt these scams are con- going to continue. Maybe that's with AI. We'll have to see. Yep. Well, well, well. Shall we move on to today's dessert? Let's do it. Ah, oh, the trailer for Ridley Scott's Napoleon biopic came out recently. Sorry, now I'm burping because of the coffee that I was drinking oh, while no. you were talking. I'm so sorry. So sorry, everyone. Um, okay, I can breathe now. Oh, the trailer for Ridley Scott's Napoleon biopic, um, which looks... Okay, listen, I I will reserve judgment on the film. Whoever cut this trailer went to, like, historical movie trailer 101 class and made the most like beat uh, the most rote stereotypical trailer for a historical biopic that a person could see um it involves like needle drops of modern music that are very on the nose it involves uh you know napoleon standing in various rooms looking like a waxen doll um <laughs> while people talk to him um as well as some thrilling battle sequences and just you know slow motion shots of filthy filthy peasants being angry which i think are really prerequisite so i'm glad to see that all of those things are included in the film luke winky over at slate raised a very good point after watching the napoleon trailer which is are we supposed to think Napoleon was hot? <laughs> oh, it sounds like you have an opinion. But so the trailer includes a a, a snippet of a love scene between Napoleon and Josephine uh, <laughs> and his wife Josephine. Um and it it is it, it raunchy. It, it it is it implies sensuality. Um which 
is interesting because Napoleon, as Luke goes on to discover by talking to various historians, was not hot. He was pretty mid. <laughs> like Marco Robbie. <laughs> How dare you call Marco Robbie mid? <laughs> no, this whole discussion on Twitter, and I'm like, oh my God. Uh, if Marco Robbie's else? mid, then we should all just die yeah, right now. Yeah. I'm never leaving my house again. <laughs> Which is obviously, again, not to say that people who are mid should not be engaging in sexual intercourse it's more to say like what does the what is the napoleon film saying by trying to make napoleon extremely like a sex symbol instead of what he was which was a person who obviously like did have sex and had many mistresses but also was kind of just like a a dumpy little guy who managed to take over a whole lot of a whole lot of the western world yes um and he doesn't need Which to be sexy. sexy on top of that's, it. That's well, ambitious, you well, know? everyone did hate him a lot. <laughs> well, but you're, I mean, you're French, so. Yeah, I'm also anti-imperialist. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is the anti-imperialism part of you is stronger than your loyalty to your home country. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Which I is have, not America. Yeah. <laughs> I have actually a bigger bone to pick with this okay. than the question of making Napoleon sexy, which, like, he's Joaquin Phoenix. You know, there's only so much you can do to to ugly him up. Um, the One of the defining features of his relationship with Josephine is, A, she's a divorcee, and she was older than him. Right. That It's literally, like, one of the primary facts about their relationship and they have cast in this film Joaquin Phoenix uh, and Vanessa Kirby as Josephine. Can you guess which of those people, Brianna, is older? Right. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Uh, obviously, Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. Yes. Uh, she is 35. He is 48. It's not even... A <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a bigger age gap than uh, Napoleon and Josephine had. Um, and he very notably just like looks older than her. Right. And I am so annoyed by this because it like it's not just about Hollywood's sort of uh, like th this is constant in every Hollywood movie. If I got mad every time a Hollywood movie cast like an older man in a relationship with a younger woman, I would have to simply die. And also, I find older men quite attractive. So I'm the problem. That being said, at the time when Napoleon and Josephine were living, it was way more common for like you having a, a, a man to be unmarried, you know, into his 30s or whatever. And then Settle down with a young woman of 18, because if you weren't married and have babies by like age 24, 25, you were probably not going to get married. Right. Uh, so the fact that he married an older woman like that, that was much it was seen as much more unnatural at that time than it would be to us now. Like their age gap, I think it was only like four years or something. It's not like she was massively older than him. But the fact that she was divorced. Or no, sorry, I think he died. Sorry, she she ha she had been married before, and she was older than him. That's a big deal for the time when Napoleon and Josephine were living. It's not nothing. It says something about who they were as people. Um, and the fact that she is in this film, thirteen years younger than him, 
What what are we doing here? What what's the point? <laughs> I think it's a really good question. I also want to know if the people that are uh were so incredibly upset and ready to go to war about Cleopatra being cast as black. Uh, are y'all also going to war over this here? Or is that just, uh, you know, is that a standard for everyone, like the historical inaccuracy? Or are you also going after Napoleon? That's a question I need Ooh. an answer to. Spicy. Um, yeah, so it, I mean, obviously we should celebrate Vanessa Kirby being cast in a role because as a 35 year old actress, you know, it's, it's not often you see a woman of that age being able to, you know, play a sex symbol in a film and, yes. and, and a, you know, a, a strong female character because most women are, are done, you know, by the time they're 30 at most. Right. So I appreciate yeah, seeing course. an older woman, like 35 year old Vanessa Kirby cast in a film. Yeah. However, practically uh, decrepit. Yes, on the verge of death. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I did. So did you did you watch this this trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was. Yeah. It's not okay. So I have many thoughts about this. Sure. Uh, so coming back to the central point here is Joaquin Phoenix. Is this version of Napoleon supposed to be hot? Uh, maybe it's just that the last uh, Joker movie, like Jokerified My oh. Mind, or Bo is Afraid, like Jokerified My Mind. <gasps> but I, I can't see him, like, I see him as weird and disturbing. It's, I want to be clear, I'm not, like, trying to say he's hideous or unattractive. Like, I'm sure, like, on a human level, um, he's a perfectly nice person. It's just... I can't, uh, like, who he is is so set in my mind as this weird, eccentric uh, actor that went on David Letterman and pretended to be high out of his mind. And he, I'm sorry you can't be here tonight. He's just, I don't see him as a, a sex symbol, right? Like, that's one issue. So let's you can we address a, that. Yeah. A good point. So yeah. I, that is a good point in that, because Napoleon was also kind of a little weirdo. So Joaquin Phoenix, regardless of the the editing and the storytelling of this, is probably... And I would agree from watching these clips, committing to being a little weirdo in this movie. Um, and that's, I think, a pro. That's a, a point in its favor. Yeah, I hear you on that. Um, uh, so the the other part of this that I want to discuss is, you know, you've got Joaquin Phoenix that's out there and, and doing like, I don't know, how can I put this? The idea that he's not, tall enough or short enough and like that's affecting it like he's five eight and like this idea that you've got to be like a certain amount of tall in order to be a sex symbol i i think this is like part of a wider like issue i have with our discussion about height that we have mm. but i feel like height is super overemphasized as like a sexually attractive quality. In I dudes. agree. And I, I don't understand it. Whatsoever. I completely agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I say this, I, we're both tall women. Mm -hmm. um, I don't give a crap about yeah. <laughs> height when it comes to, uh, to uh, assessing hotness. I think charisma is far more important. Um, I mean, uh, I Napoleon had neither, so maybe it's... Right. <laughs> but it's just not true that you you have to be of a certain height. I had one boyfriend that was taller than me, and you know he played basketball, and it's like, I this is just me, but like, so 
like, I remember like holding onto his arm as we were going on a date. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. This is what this is about. This is nice. Right. Like Mm. he's taller than you is looming over you. You feel protected, but it's like an infant like feeling for half a second and then it goes away. I just can't (laughs) imagine carrying that through life. Like if anything, like guys that are shorter, like have to develop parts of their personality, like to be stronger. Like Frank is a really good example. So I just, and he has a huge personality. Yes, he does. (laughs) Oh goodness gracious. Uh, So the link to Luke's article is in the show notes. Uh, He calls the, uh, the film Barbie for boys. Uh, which is very funny to me. Um, it I, I will say, just in terms of, I guess, the film industry at large, like after the last decade of so many so so much media moving to like streaming first, um, and then the pandemic also having a huge effect on movie theaters, I do always like seeing like a big dumb blockbuster come out. Uh, I don't think that this is well. Oh, I did say I would reserve judgment. This does look like a big dumb blockbuster, but it is cool again to see these like big epic movies coming back to theaters. That makes me glad. Um, in the same way that we're seeing, you know, the the summer of Barbie and Oppenheimer and freaking Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones and all that. So to me, it's as good things about where the film industry is going. I hope, crossing my fingers. Um and we'll reserve judgment on whether the film is good until I see it. Fingers crossed. All right. Brianna, what are you up to this week? Uh, so I'm going to NetBridge Nation in Chicago, which is basically a political uh, organizing conference. Uh, with um, I'm going to be talking to a lot of progressives. I'm going to be having a bunch of meetings with Biden 2024, uh, working that. But the thing I'm really excited about uh, that I uh, there's the real reason I said yes to this. I've not seen my niece. Uh, my nieces in about six months, they live in Chicago. So I am going to uh, go say hello to them and uh, spend the night over at their house. And I think I'm going to take them droning, actually. Uh, <gasps> oh, one of cool. them, uh, Mari, she's very, she's younger. She's very science-minded. Uh, and I'm going to take her and teach her how to do this and hopefully not uh, uh, fly in the face of uh, regulations as far as uh, drones near the stadium that is close to our house. That is so cool. And I I uh, remember you mentioning that the drones have sort of an anti-crash technology. They do. And that makes it awesome to be able to take <laughs> kids out droning, I hope. <laughs> Um, let's see. This week, I'm honestly not doing much. Uh, we are, oh God, we have a fun video coming out this Friday. Um, so listeners will remember that a couple weeks ago, possibly even last week, I talked about being mistaken for my coworker, Christina's uh, mother at Coney Island, the video in which they were dressed up as Mario causing me to be mistaken as their mother is coming out on Friday. Uh, so yeah, she lived as Mario for a week and made a really funny video about that experience. Like, okay. So I, I have a lot of like secondhand social embarrassment. I am not a person who would say dress up as Mario, go to little Italy go to a nice restaurant and order pasta and eat it dressed as Mario. Christina, not Warren, but my coworker, is that person. She did that. And it is 
stunning and spectacular to see. Oh. Um, and and watching it didn't activate my secondhand social embarrassment because it's so funny and they're like so uh, charming in it. So I definitely uh, check out youtube.com slash polygon if you want to watch that on Friday. That's all I'm doing this week. Um, wow. And now... As a reminder, I'm not going to ask where to find you online because all of our social links are in the show notes and you can find out where you can follow Brianna and myself. <coughs> threads! And, Ugh, excuse on threads, me. that's so interesting. I, um, I have a question for you. So yeah. you, how many followers do you have on threads so far with your Instagram Let me like, double transfer? Let that. Uh, 2,000. 2000. Okay. That's about what I have. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's frustrating because it's a healthier conversations so far. Um, And what I really appreciate about it is I can actually see the journalists that I follow, um, which is good because the thing that a Twitter like product does best is gives you breaking news. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so freaking notable that I'm on there and it's like, here's an update on a court case. Here's a study about what the Supreme Court has ruled. Here's here's something about the way the FTC is operating. You need to know. It's like a refresh of the reasons I actually use Twitter, which makes me go, oh, why do I even have this app anymore? Why do I still use it? Well, the reason I still use it is I have 150,000 followers over there and my engagement is higher, right? Yeah, yeah. So please go follow me on threads. Help me reconstitute my network so I can get away from this hell site and you know, get back to what I want to actually do, which is talk to smart people about interesting topics. Yes, yes, yes. Help us all migrate away from Twitter. Uh, And while you're at it, if you're going to leave a review for this show, make it five stars and do it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That helps other people find us um, and helps, you know, the show stay healthy and vibrant. I've used that word now three times today, so I guess it's on my mind. I've been reading more Georgia hair. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, back on the hair train. Thank you, everyone who has left reviews. It is seriously helpful. And thank you also to our booster subscribers who get an ad-free show and are about to hear a bonus segment about the Willy Wonka trailer, um, which will be spicy or sweet. We don't know. Um, thank you so much to everyone who does that. If you're interested in learning how, hey, how do I do that? Go to relay.fm slash membership and learn how you can support us directly. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated.